Business Breakfast with Oanda on Jazz FM. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Let's go to Craig Earlham, market analyst at Oanda, for a first look at the business stories this morning and dire warnings yesterday. Now, there's a debate, whether it's a forecast, scenario, warning, whatever it may be. Let's talk about the OBR, first of all. No surprises there. Most people had a nice headline out of that, didn't they? Now, the IMF obviously got involved in similar kind of international forecasts. You know, is it pinch of salt time or do we have to take notice of these kind of things because everybody else does? We obviously have to take notice. I think everyone from the IMF to the OBR to the World Bank, investment banks around the world, all are trying to make forecasts at this very difficult time. And we've said, it seems that every time we talk about forecasts here, but this is a very difficult time. But it feels like that's just a period that we've lived through. Now, first things first, forecasts are never intended to be precise. It's not like you're going down to your local bookies and placing a bet and hoping you get a return. It's there to guide there to provide a source of information to say, this is our forecast and this is what we're basing on and this is how we expect things to unfold roughly along those lines. The Bank of England started producing forecasts where they had a range of scenarios in order to try and just encapsulate where they think it's heading. The guidance which they're giving all seem quite severe, but they're also quite severe based on as much information they have to hand. But probably more worrying is they're saying it's actually based on the lockdown measures which are currently in place and lasting for as long as we think they're going to last. They could last longer than that, so it could be worse. So the OBR saying they think the economy is going to contract by 35% in the second quarter is extremely severe, but it could be more. And the IMF's warnings were extremely similar, gone from 3% growth globally to a 3% contraction. Um But then it's also worth stating as well that this is not your normal recession. This is not like 2008 where it was a prolonged period um, of of recession, depression. This is likely to be more prolonged than we thought it was going to be, say, six weeks ago. The bulk of this, the, the, the pain is going to be felt in this second quarter. And thankfully, unlike in previous recessions, because of these schemes like the uh, 80% um, government-funded uh, scheme on people's payrolls, people who are going to be seen as temporarily unemployed are going to be going back to work and are going to have been paid throughout that process. So we have to kind of distinguish between, yes, this is going to be the most severe downturn in a century, but it's also going to be a very different downturn for many people, some people not. Is is it worth distinguishing what's happened here? Because in the 2008 financial crisis, that was a systemic failure, wasn't it? What we're looking at here is a deliberate imposed lockdown. That's two very different things. So it's as if it's rather like, you know, you're pushing something down and there's still going to be the demand when the lockdown finishes and so on. It's not, not like 2008 at all. Exactly. It's not going to be this V-shaped recovery that we were hoping for or that many people were expecting previously where the economy immediately bounces back because people just leave their homes and start spending again. No one loses their jobs. No one loses their business. It's not going to be quite that, but it, it, it will it will be, you would imagine, a different kind of recovery to what we've seen from previous recessions because, like you said, there was fundamental uh, damage uh, as a result of the 2008-2009 crisis. There was failures. There was collapses. People lost their jobs permanently uh, on a more permanent basis. People lost their homes. Uh, Asset prices deteriorated quite rapidly and took time to recover. So things like that is not something that you would expect to see in in, in a quite so severe way on this this occasion. Like say there will be collateral damage and there will be casualties. People will lose their businesses and people will lose their jobs. But what the numbers that we're seeing now don't quite reflect what the situation is going to be in six months' time because there are going to be people who are still employed, who are on the furlough scheme, um, uh, so who are going to be paid throughout this process. Um, uh, and hopefully, again, 
we will only be able to judge this in hindsight. But these government schemes that's been put in place have been designed to protect consumers, protect households, protect employment, and protect small and medium-sized businesses or even larger businesses. How well they've actually achieved that, we can only really judge in hindsight. At the moment, you're throwing a dart at a dartboard uh, with a blindfold on, and that's kind of what the IMF and these others are doing to the best of their ability. But again, they've got very clouded and wide-ranging data. So at the moment, what we're looking at, according to the headlines this morning, is the UK lockdown could extend to early May. The other side of that, of course, it might be relaxed slightly within four or five weeks. And also maybe an idea of an exit plan, because this is going to be the difficult thing. We should be getting that some somewhere, um, maybe in the, in the next couple of days, maybe even today, who knows. Um, and also um, articles appearing now of what to do in terms of uh, a sort of staged release from this, maybe a sort of traffic light system, you know, red, amber, green and all the rest of it. Um, the, the people's minds are turning to this. Now, once people's minds start to turn to those kind of things, it becomes irresistible after a while, doesn't it? And yet, politicians have to keep a lid on this because they have to take advice from the the health community um which in itself is imf like in it in, isn't it in trying to stagger around in darkness about this well it, it's trial and error we are we are still in a guessing game this is still an unprecedented event and we're still trying to get to grips with exactly what it is that we are dealing with here uh, how bad the situation can be what the phase two of this will look like what six months from now looks like what 12 months from now looks like uh, and again there's a wide range of possible scenarios here but yeah it, it is going to be a staggered approach i think that's um, been quite evident for some time there's going to be the government initiated staggered approach which is right we're now allowing non-essential workers back to work and that'll probably come uh, as Burger King, KFC and Pretz have, uh, uh, have seen today and probably many others, um, that's probably going to come initially from saying, you know, these, these companies can start trading again, but maybe just on a delivery-only service before the shops open. And then there's going to be the government in shade skin that says, you know, now these people can go back to business. Um, and then, But then businesses are going to make their mind up just because the government says you can return to work. If you can work from home, our, our company is going to say, right, I want you all back on the tubes immediately. I want you to all put your health at risk. Yeah. I want you all back in the office for no apparent reason. Of course not. They're probably going to say, you know, the government said we're allowed back to work. If you want to go back into the office, if you think it's safe, go back into the office. Uh, and, and I think there's going to be a long, staggered approach uh, before we start to see some normality. And I don't expect to see normality, um, as I mentioned before, I don't expect to see much normality this year. Because just because uh, people can do something, it doesn't mean they necessarily will. Uh, and until people will, that's when you'll start to see a, a real bounce uh, back in the economy. Let's talk about the US earnings season, which must be sort of underlining what everybody knows. Yeah, it is. Uh, and obviously, the banks give us some great insights. So the, these earnings seasons tend to go in very much the same way you start with the banks, the big financial institutions, you get an idea of how the economy is doing and how the lenders are effectively holding up. Uh, and it gives you a good insight for what to expect going forward. And what we've seen here is pretty much in line with what we're expecting. We've seen big provisions put aside for uh, for people uh, not, not repaying their loans, for business uh, loans as well. Uh, and we've seen huge profit declines, 40, 50, 60% amongst the biggest lenders, the JP Morgan's, Goldman Sachs of this world. 
the one bright spot has been the trading division. But again, that's not an, a huge surprise. So trading accounts for obviously the markets because there's been so much more volatility in the markets. There's been more tr uh, people trading uh, more. Uh, so therefore, that's that's um, helped to offset some of the declines. But broadly speaking, it's been it's been a, an earnings season of, of huge uh, profit declines uh, as a result of, of uh, <clears throat> of making provisions for what's to come, which is going to be missed loan payments. Now, the cash-rich Gulf states, Saudi Arabia in particular, um, know what's to come. They're already looking at buying bargains, aren't they, in healthcare, um, in logistics, in tech, technology stocks, bought Newcastle United, Carna invested in Carnival Shell Total. That really, one suspects, is the start of something, isn't it, whether you like it or not, um, giving an important indicator of what's available. And going along with this narrative of, country, of companies which are fundamentally sound do not go unsound overnight. Yeah, that's completely true. And... Um... There's going to be so much opportunity out there. We've said this for some time. Right now, it's not a case of whether there's uh, whether it's the right time to buy because there's opportunity or not. Right now, it's a case of whether you have the kind of stomach to exp to um, to deal with maybe another twenty percent decline. Uh, and this is uh, this is a fund uh, that will have plenty of risk appetite and therefore will accept um, near term risk in exchange for sound companies who have long-term prospects. Uh, and they, this is the type of thing that these kind of weird volatile markets can do. So just as an example, Amazon, um, which hasn't been mentioned as part of this strategy, but Amazon obviously was one of those companies that fell by 25% during that crazy period. Now, it doesn't take a genius to say who's done okay out of uh, people staying at home and not going to shops and spending their money in different ways. Well, Amazon have done extremely well. I think everyone's been from Amazon uh, as an example and now their share price is at a record high so this is this is a stock that in the space of such a short period of time has rebounded strongly because fundamentally it was a very strong sound company um, and I think the, the the Saudis and others are looking at other companies where you could see a similar kind of returns and I think the oil one is very interesting because we've got $20 a barrel oil now which naturally affects the share price of many of these firms but we're not going to have $20 a barrel oil in 12 months time so they're looking at this from a longer term perspective and saying there's opportunity to be had everywhere and they're obviously looking at many of these uh, fundamentally sound uh, long-term plays uh, and, um, and backing and backing themselves into it. But like I say, you've just got to accept that there is going to be near-term risk here because these markets are not going to stop being volatile overnight. The Italian FTSE MIB fell 5% yesterday. The FTSE 100 fell 3.5% in ordinary times. That's quite an exceptional daily decline. Now you look at it and you go, wow, single digits. That's not too bad. And you mentioned uh, earlier in the programme the extension of the furlough scheme to recent employees. I would have thought that's relatively encouraging, but still... You've got to think about delivery. It's all right saying these things, but how you actually get money to these people is still an issue, I would imagine. Delivery is going to be key. And obviously, the furlough scheme is an example where it's available to all, uh, but it has to be easy. Uh, we have to remember, or a lot, if not most of these small, medium-sized businesses don't have HR teams that can devote a lot of time and effort to uh, to getting access to these uh, schemes, um, like the bigger firms can quite comfortably. So we, we it's going to be very difficult to judge now how how, um, how impactful these have been and how many jobs that they protected and saved, how many small and medium-sized businesses have been protected and saved. But as long as they continue to be tweaked, then it gives you hope that while there will be 
um, near-term faults with them because they have been effectively rushed through in these uh, quite exceptional times. If they continue to be tweaked, then that gives you some form of hope that they are going to have the desired impact for many. Um, and that's got to be encouraging. But then, like I said, there is going to be collateral damage in all of this. There is going to be firms that go under, small, medium and large-sized firms. Uh, as a result of this, they weren't fundamentally sound to begin with and were kind of just hanging on in there. Craig Earlham, thank you very much indeed. Business Breakfast on Jazz FM with Oanda. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. 